Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Guys, I can't believe I am doing this. I cannot believe I am even saying this. I can't believe it's real. I can't believe I finally get to share it with you all. This is probably the most exciting episode I've ever recorded. So if you can't tell already by the title, I'm pregnant with a little baby boy. I am like tearing up even saying those words. I get really emotional when I tell people. I wonder when that will ever stop. Like, even if I'm telling, like, someone, like, a hostess at a restaurant when I'm asking to, like, sit kind of at, like, a farther table, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm pregnant, I'm just being extra cautious, like, I still tear up. So, clearly, I have a lot of emotions. Um, I just figured that this was probably the best way to, like, share everything. As you guys know, I would much prefer to talk rather than type things out, although I did write like a very surprisingly lengthy blog post that I didn't expect to, which just kind of happened. And I'll put that in the show notes, but I just feel like I have so much to say. I've been holding this in for three months now, and I'm just so, I'm like bursting at the seams to finally tell you guys. It has been so hard for me to keep this secret, like so incredibly hard. A, I can't keep shit to myself when it's my own stuff. So that's the first thing. However, this, I really wanted to respect the boundary of our now family. It's not just my story. It's also Joe's. And also, you know, with sharing this, obviously is going to come a lot of messages and questions. And I'm sure most of it's going to be positive. But, you know, the unsolicited advice comes and the comments on like, you're doing this. I didn't think, you know, just a lot. And I wasn't ready for it yet emotionally or mentally And I just wanted to take a bit of this time for myself first, but I did have a really, really hard time because I've never in my life felt like I had to like put on a face and quote unquote show up for you all because if I'm not having a good day, you guys know that. If I'm feeling something, I share it. And I've had an incredibly difficult first trimester and for me to try and share content has been really hard. So I honestly don't feel like this is all that surprising to people if you pay attention because I've been pretty MIA. There was like a month where I feel like I wasn't even posting anything. And my mom says that like I just look so tired and sick and depleted and like I'm forcing my words on my stories. So 
If you felt that way for a while, this is why. Um, I'm going to try and answer just like the main questions that I feel like people would probably send and just talk about the experience and everything so far. So here we go. Um, so basically, like track back, I... We Joe and I always want to start a family and we always thought like, okay, maybe like two years after our wedding, that gives us like some time as a married couple, just the two of us, which is something we really wanted and looked forward to. And so that would put us in fall 2020. And when COVID hit, it I was going so back and forth. I'm like, I want a kid right now. And then I was like, I'm still a child. I cannot have a child. Oh my gosh, I'm not ready to have kids for like the next year. And then I wanted a kid. And then I was like, no way. If you hear Charlie crying in the background, I'm sorry. Dude, you got to get used to me not paying attention to you 24-7 because we're going to have a baby soon. Um, I'm going to fill his Kong with treats. One second, please. Okay, we're back. So basically, that had been going on. But the right after our wedding, if you guys listen to – well, I did a whole blog post on like my menstrual journey. And then also, I think I talked about this in the Lisa Vitti episode. I got my IUD out right After our wedding, I had been on some form of birth control since the age of 15, so it was 15 to 27, and I just felt like, who the hell knows how long it would take to get my period? I miss getting a period, like all this stuff. It took me a year of like nothing until I had my first actual period. So then I have basically had my period now consistently for a full year. And just because of my medical history and the mercury poisoning and just random shit that's happened to me, I was like, you know what? I just want to get some like early tests done before we even start trying. And so this I also talked about in the ending of the Elisa Vidi episode. But in August or late July, I forget, I went to my gyno and I just asked to do some routine blood work and my AMH level came back really low, which is a, I think like, whatever. It's a level that supposedly tracks like your ovaries and egg count, your egg count, I think is the correct terminology. Don't quote me. I'm not a doctor clearly. And I'm really, I I haven't Googled any of this stuff, you guys. So like even just everything pregnancy, I'm just going as it's happening and doing what my doctor is telling me. So My AMH level was below a one, which is technically in like the quote unquote infertile range. So we tested it again. It came back still low. And so she wanted me to see a fertility specialist. So I had a phone call with a fertility specialist and she automatically told me I had to start IVF, which seemed really crazy to me because we hadn't even started trying yet. And to just jump into IVF was like very overwhelming to me and expensive and seemed like unnecessary. And so I decided I wanted to get a second opinion and I had a call with another doctor, a fertility specialist, and he said, you know, I don't think you need to jump into this right away. I would, you know, get some more blood work done with me next time you are menstruating and then just start to try naturally and we'll see what happens. And then in six months or a year, we're having trouble still, we can talk about IVF. And so I felt way more comfortable and confident with that decision. So... This is August, and as I mentioned, I have not been on birth control for two years now, and we have just been using a methodology that I know is not 100% accurate, but it has worked for us because I have ovulation symptoms, and I thought I was good at tracking when I was ovulating. So since we were told 
that my AMH level was so low and we'd probably have to do IVF. And now I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be so hard to get pregnant. And we were also in a place where we were like, we're going to start trying in a month. Like we got a little laissez-faire just to not get too graphic because Joe would kill me. So whatever. So then (laughs) basic, so then that happened, August happens and September rolls around and I'm just giving you like all the details in the timeline because I don't know why. And so my period was supposed to come on like the 16th. And so I was ready to schedule that next appointment with the other doctor and do more blood work and all that stuff. September 9th, I started to have really bad cramps. While I was in the middle of a podcast recording, it like came over a wave. I texted Joe and I said, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm having such bad period cramps. I don't know what's going on. I finished the interview and they lasted all night. I was like, this is so weird. It's a week early. My period's usually really regular. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. Then Thursday, the 10th comes around and I didn't ever bleed and the cramps stayed and they stayed all day and all night. And usually I cramp really badly. So this wasn't rare, but I usually bleed like right after and that was just not happening. And then Friday, September 11th comes around and still cramping. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to like have it today. So I called the doctor. I scheduled the appointment for Monday because I know I'd be menstruating, all that. Never once did I think I was pregnant. I just thought I was getting my period early. However, as you guys know, if you listen to the episode with Emma Chasen on the cannabis industry, I said that I was going to try mushrooms. So Saturday, I had planned on doing mushrooms. I had them. I had a, someone who was going to supervise me. Like the whole, the plan was in motion. Because I, we had been a little laissez-faire the month of August, I was just thinking I should be safe if I'm going to do a drug like that. I should take a pregnancy test first. Again, zero expectation of me being pregnant. And I go into my bathroom and I find a pregnancy test that's probably from high school because it's my childhood house. Pee on the stick. Didn't even tell Joe because I really didn't think anything of it. Pee on the stick, leave it and walk away. About 20 minutes later, I come into the bathroom to do something else. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot I took a pregnancy test. And I look down and it says I'm fucking pregnant. And I I didn't even know how to react. I literally just scream. I almost shit myself. I screamed like, Joseph, get in this room right now. He thinks that he's done something wrong or that there's like a mouse. He comes sprinting in. I show him the test. I'm like, I'm pregnant. He's so confused. Again, like, obviously we're so happy and so excited. And it's not like it was far off of what we were planning on doing, but we're just both so like confused of how this was possible given the information we had just been told. And so we, Joe, Mr. Literal, is, of course, reading everything on the back of the box. Like, what is the rate of false positives, which, like, don't exist? He's Googling everything. What's the best pregnancy test? And, of course, this is, like, a pregnancy test that says pregnant. It's not like a plus or minus, and, like, the line is kind of faint. It literally said the word pregnant. So we get in the car to go to CVS. We get more tests, obviously. And at this point... I'm like, okay, Joe, if this test says I'm pregnant, then I am pregnant. This is not some false thing. Like, we're treating this as the answer. And that's when I took like a video of us that maybe I'll share like a small clip of because it is personal. But I did like, we just were, I I felt like a little kid. I was so confused. And it said I was pregnant. And so this was Friday, September 11th, which means a, a ton to me given my family history with 9-11 and losing such a close friend. It just felt so 
life circle, circle of life moment for me. I started hysterically crying. I was just so overwhelmed with emotion and there was just so much wrapped up in it. And so when I share this, I want to also acknowledge how fortunate we are for how easily I was able to get pregnant. I realize that that is not the norm. And so many people have such a hard time creating this life. And I'm so eternally grateful that it happened the way it did and that, you know, it it really was that easy. I'm shocked. I'm utterly shocked. I, I can't say I can understand any of the emotions that people are going through who have been trying for a long time. But even just when I was told I was going to have to do IVF, the emotions I went through for those just three weeks of feeling so isolated and like, this is going to be such a long process. And it just, it gave me a small, small glimpse into what that must feel like. And if you are someone who's in the middle of this journey, I'm sending you all of my love and virtual hugs. And I just, there is a way that everyone will somehow have a child and it might look different than what you originally had planned. And I might very well be in that case for our future children. You know, I realize that this is rare, so who knows what the future holds. But somehow you will get the child that you are dreaming of. So then I obviously just like can't keep a secret. And my mom was going to be away for a long, my parents were going to be away for a long time. And I couldn't imagine not telling them in person. So honestly, everything then just worked out so perfectly. The next day was this gorgeous day. I call my parents. What are you doing? They're not doing anything. They're at the beach. I'm like, why don't you come to Princeton for dinner? They don't think anything of it because my mom's under the impression I'm about to start IVF. They come over. I text Joe's parents. I said, my parents are coming over. Do you guys want to come over for dinner or drinks? They haven't seen each other since January, which is so rare. So we were able to tell our parents together, which was so incredible. The four of them are already such amazing people, and they're so close, and they're going to make the best grandparents ever, and it's the first grandchild for both of them. So there's just so much excitement. And immediately they were planning, like, who's going to coach the kid in which sport, which is just so typical. And then that week we came in and we told my sisters. And then later that week, we had dinner for Joe's dad's retirement. So we got to tell his family. It it was just all so incredible. And, you know, I can't keep things to myself as I've made very clear. So I ended up telling majority of my close inner circle very early on, which I know many people think is a risk. But for me, if I was someone to then, God forbid, miscarry or go through something, like I would want those people in my circle to know what was happening real time and to to be there and to support me. And so I felt comfortable telling all of them so that God forbid something happened, they could be there for me. So we have now entered the second trimester. I've gotten all of the tests that now I feel comfortable sharing with everyone. So I'm going to do a bit of, I guess, like a recap of the first trimester because as I mentioned, it was really rough and I took, I made a YouTube video that I'll link in the show notes that I thought it would be a good idea to record every Sunday and mark like every week and share how I'm feeling. And I thought it would be so exciting to, you know, share the new symptoms and my body changes. And that would be my way of sharing everything real time. The video is a little just like me complaining because it was really hard. And obviously I had no idea that was going to be the case. 
So I will link the video, but I want people to understand that when I share everything that I'm about to share, in no way am I saying that like, not that, I mean, yeah, I am complaining, but I'm still grateful that I'm pregnant. Like you can still be grateful. You don't have to be grateful and lie and act like it was, you know, sunshine and daisies. I'm being grateful and I'm being honest. And I talk about this in an upcoming podcast episode with Whitney Port. I felt so much shame around the emotions I was feeling because I haven't seen people talk about this kind of stuff. Again, I don't follow a ton of moms, so I'm not saying people aren't having these conversations. But I went into pregnancy with these expectations that like it's all wonderful and it's so exciting. And I have always been so excited to get pregnant. So I had really high expectations, which I think was one of the hard things because the reality was nowhere near what I expected. And that's always a mind fuck for me, no matter what the situation is. But I am sharing all of this because A, it's my honest truth and I can't lie. And B, if anyone is listening to this who's going through this or later goes through this, if they can feel less alone, then I've done my job. As always, I just want to reassure everyone that they are not alone because I felt very alone when I was feeling these things. So base, I mean, symptom wise, and I lay this all out in my like first trimester recap blog post in the show notes. And I talk about the products that helped me like get through this but nothing really could help. Like I could try and do as much as possible, but still I really like did not leave the couch or the bed for majority of the first trimester or the house. And that's why for, if you think back to my New Hampshire content, that was in the thick of it. I was never on my, like I, we barely, we did one hike the entire time. Like we had all these expectations when we planned the trip and everything was very different. Um, But you know, they say quote unquote morning sickness, whoever, coined it morning sickness is a liar. I felt sick all 24 hours of the day, even through the night is honestly like some of the worst I felt. And for me, I never was actually like, I only threw up and projectile vomited once, but like it was that constant feeling in the back of my throat. And, you know, I'm constantly hungry, but I had zero interest in food, none. I hated food. And for someone who's food obsessed and finds so much joy in food, it was really difficult. Um, I'm like disgusted by certain things like coffee, couldn't go near cracked black pepper, like very, I wanted a very, when I was hungry, I wanted one specific thing and I didn't want to look at any food that was not that thing. That's the only way I can explain it. And for the most part, it was all carbs, bagels for breakfast, oatmeal for lunch, pasta and pizzas for dinner, just a loaf of bread. Like I just bought a baguette in town and literally would just go to town on it all day. It was all I could stomach. And I listened to this episode with Sarah Landry from the Bird's Papaya on Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'll link that also in the show notes. And that to me was so incredible to hear because she talked about something that I hadn't fully acknowledged, but you feel like you're so far removed from diet culture and you've gotten over it and you have this great relationship with food. And then you're put in this position where you can't even look at vegetables and all you're eating is carbs at all hours of the day. And there is that small voice in your head that's like, what are you doing? This isn't right. Which it is right because it's all I can stomach at the time. And that's all that matters because the most important thing is that I feel okay and have this home for an embryo to grow. And if that means all I'm eating is bagels, I'm okay with that. Um, But it was something that I think I was internally struggling with and didn't have the verbiage for. 
and hadn't heard someone speak about. And I really, really admired that episode and just her honesty on the topic. And it's the same thing with exercising. Like, you know, all these, I see all these people who exercise through their entire pregnancy and they're still pelotoning and they're still doing all this stuff. I did not work out for almost three months. I did my first Peloton ride last week and it was a huge deal for me. My legs are still sore. I can't feel my inner thighs. And for someone who exercises a huge thing for me with my mental health and just my whole life. I love sweating and usually work out like four to five times a week. That was a real shift. And that, I think when I told my friends, like that put everything from perspective for them. They're like, oh, you really feel like shit. I'm like, yes, I have not left the couch. All I did was watch Mindy Project. And quite honestly, now I have kind of, I get very um, like sensory triggered And so if I even look at the photos from New Hampshire or even like the one sweatsuit I have that I wore a lot, if I put that on or a specific shirt or even like here Mindy Project, I get that feeling of like really bad nausea and like I just want to throw up. And it's so memory and entwined. I don't know. I'm sure there's some specific psychology terminology for this, but it's just so wild to me how I still can't think about certain things or look at certain things or yeah, smell. It's interesting to me. Um, So it was really just like so much nausea, so much fatigue, such bad headaches, and then weird things. Like, I mean, my chin acne was awful. I constantly had like saliva mouth. My gas is unlike anything I've ever experienced. What the fuck? I have to pee 24-7. I have the most vivid dreams, like just such interesting things. And I talked through all of them in the blog post. But one thing I really, really want to talk about is my anxiety because you guys know I'm an anxious person. And I talked about my journey with medication. I was on amitriptyline for a year. That's not a medication my doctors would have felt comfortable with me being on while I was pregnant. So I decided to go off like end of July because... I wanted to see how I would potentially feel off of it before I got pregnant. And so I was actually okay off of it. Like I really was. I felt okay. And then when I got pregnant, everything changed. And I became the most anxious I have ever been in history of my anxiety. And for me, it was really overwhelming because everything you see is like, You know, you don't want an anxious home for an embryo to grow safely. You want to be calm. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. But you took away my CBD, which Jesus Christ, I never realized how much I relied on CBD. And look, I'm not a doctor. Do I think it would probably be safe to take CBD? Yes. But there haven't been studies on it because no one wants to practice a study on a pregnant woman, God forbid. So I get it. I'm just being cautious per my doctor's recommendation. But good Lord. I did not realize how much I would miss that. So they took away, you took away my CBD, alcohol, weed, and my anxiety medication, and are like, oh, by the way, don't be anxious. What? How? How is that possible? And so my anxiety was getting so bad that I wasn't sleeping. And then I was waking up every morning on the verge of a panic attack. And then I'd be so anxious about the idea of going to bed because I knew I wouldn't sleep. And I was scared to wake up the next morning. And it just got so awful that I called my gyno and I was like, I need to do something. And so that's when I started seeing a psychologist. And that's when I went on Zoloft. So I am now on Zoloft, which my specific doctors feel comfortable with me being on while I'm pregnant. It's a whole nother conversation for another day. I'm happy to have with people. It's everyone's personal choice. But I do think 
as females, we put this pressure on ourselves, like, oh, we, I can't be on this if I'm pregnant. If the studies and the research and the doctors feel comfortable with me being on it, I would do anything to feel better. And for me, I think being on medication and creating a more calm home for this embryo to grow is way safer than me not being on medication and being the anxious wreck I was. So that helped me immensely. And I am a huge proponent of medication, as you guys know. I do all the other things I can. And sometimes some of us just need the extra crutches. And that is fine. And I am one of those people. And with the anxiety, I'm not going to lie, came some depression. Because I'm all of a sudden in this period where I'm not experiencing anything that I expected. I feel absolutely awful. I have no energy to do anything. I'm not driven to do anything. I would go days for like without showering because I didn't have the energy. I would go days without leaving the couch. I just felt so depleted. And never in my life have I felt like I was waking up and counting down the hours for the day to end. And that's the only way I can explain it. And I said this to Joe and he was so incredibly understanding. We had this conversation last week. And it's not as if I resent this baby inside of me, but like it's really fucking hard to feel this way and still be excited and happy and joyful and remember that it's going to be okay because I felt so deep in the trenches that I really couldn't imagine ever feeling differently. And I felt honestly like a different person. And I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it, but I just felt so much shame over it because you're supposed to be the happiest person ever while you're pregnant. And we get into this a lot in the episode with Whitney Port. That's why it's one of my favorite episodes I've ever recorded because there shouldn't be shame around this. Like you're so emotional. Your hormones are whack as is. And if you're someone that struggles with mental health, like, of course, this is going to be a journey especially if you're having a tough tri- first trimester or pregnancy. Who knows? I'm hoping, like I finally, finally feel better as I'm recording this. And this is right now for reference, this Sunday, November 8th. So I'm finally feeling better as I record this. But still, I have no idea what the rest of this pregnancy is going to look like. And I'm crossing my fingers that it's only uphill from here, but who the hell knows? And I even feel so much shame and embarrassment for saying this, but I will say it because I think it's important for anyone else who feels this way. But this past week was really the first week I was excited to be pregnant. I was very excited, obviously, when we found out. And then from there, it was just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? I did not sign up for this. I had no idea it was going to be this hard. I, I, I cannot do this again. And when I finally started to feel better and I just found out, we just found out the gender on... What day? Joe, what day did we find out the gender? Thursday? I don't even know. No, it was Thursday night. Um, We found out the gender on, and I'll get into how that happened because it's funny to me, Thursday the 5th. Um, That Friday was the first day where I woke up and I was like, I'm excited that I'm pregnant and I can do this. And I'm sure some people will have a problem with me saying that, but that's my truth and I'm going to share it. So gender-wise, we I had no idea what we were going to have. And this whole time, my friends were like, what do you think you're going to have? Are you so excited? Like, are you so excited to be a parent? I'm like, I haven't even thought about the fact that there's a child growing in me because I'm so focused on just surviving every day. And that's really the truth. 
I, I still have not wrapped my mind around the fact that we will be parents and it's mind blowing to me, but I was just so focused on getting through every single day and feeling a little bit better the next. So we, I, we decided that we were going to find out the gender. I, we did like the blood test and all of that. And we like basically were just waiting and the doctors had told us that by Friday we would find out. So I'm like, okay, by Friday we'll find out. By Friday we'll find out. Now, mind you, this week that we're also waiting to find out whether the blood test was okay and that the baby's healthy and the gender, it's also election week where we obviously had to wait until Saturday to find out who the president-elect was going to be. So to say the anxiety was high is an understatement. So Thursday night, we're watching the election like content news and they're waiting there at this point we thought we were going to find out about Pennsylvania we didn't realize that it was going to take two more days but we're waiting for Pennsylvania votes to come in and I get an email from our guy now who's like good news the blood test came back all is good I have the gender call me of course she had tried calling my cell phone I live in a dark zone with AT&T in Princeton. I don't get cell service. So I did not realize that she had called my cell phone and left voicemails because I wasn't getting notifications and I don't have her cell phone number. So I emailed her back and I was like, hey, I don't have your cell phone number. Like, can you call my house or can you just email us the results? And then like an hour and a half goes by and I guess she hadn't seen the email. And I'm like, uh, hello, please, I'm dying over here. Finally, she emails me back. She's like, why haven't you called me? And she gives me her cell phone number. So I call her. She's like, I've been calling you nonstop for the past two hours. I was like, oh my God, I've been literally pacing. I was pacing circles around the island in my parents' kitchen between the election and the gender results. And finally, she tells us we're having a baby boy. I recorded Joe and I, and I'll share that. will be all in the YouTube video. And I mean, we just fucking lost it. Because to be totally honest, I just wanted a healthy baby. I would never have said, like, I specifically want this or that because I would have been really happy either way. But I have been preparing my entire life to be a mother of a boy. I cannot fathom me being responsible for dressing a female child. I One day, yes, I want a daughter. But right now, I just can't imagine being responsible for a female. And I'm just so, so fucking excited. And it just finally really feels real. And I just cannot wait for this next journey. And, you know, a lot of the reason I was so hyper emotional with the election was also just the fact that I know I'm bringing a child into this world and Biden will be the president, not who we have just experienced for the past four years. And he will be raised and he will be very fucking educated and very aware of his white male privilege going into this America. Um, But I just felt so hyper-emotional when I was out on the street celebrating, knowing that there was like a baby inside me who was experiencing this historic moment as well. I can't explain it. But I'm really, really excited. I'm I'm just, Joey, do you want to say a few things? Just one one sentence. It's okay. There's no camera. I'm recording a podcast for myself. It's a solo episode. Just one sentence about the fact that I'm pregnant and how you feel. Come on. People will be really excited to hear you. <laughs> just one. Just how do you feel about the fact that I'm pregnant? <laughs> Over the moon. Incredibly excited. Obviously, it's a little bit, you know, nerve wracking, I think, as any heading into their first time parent would feel. But um, 
yeah, couldn't be more excited. And I'm very happy that you're finally getting past that first trimester. <laughs> Drew is fully nude right now because he's about to hop in the shower and he hates me so much. But I love you. Um, no, I'm just, I'm so excited. And speaking of Joe, I would have never survived the past three months without him. He was my knight in shining armor. He did everything and more that I could have ever asked for. Has been so understanding of everything, both physical and emotional symptoms I'm experiencing and is just there by my side cheering me on at all times. So I'm really, really grateful and I'm so excited to watch him be a dad because it already melts my heart. So that is our story. I obviously am going to share a ton about what I'm going through, but I also don't want this to become um, like a mommy podcast or blog or Instagram and no shame against any of that. But I just, you know, I, I want to share everything that's happening, but I don't want it to be the sole focus on my content. So obviously you will hear a lot more. I'm sure we will do another episode on this and probably like a Q&A one. And I'm sure a lot of my guests will now be speaking about motherhood. Um, thank you so much for, I'm um, expecting excitement. Um, I would appreciate, you know, I will have boundaries around this unsolicited advice. It's not always welcome. Um, but I love you guys and I can't wait to take you on this next chapter with me. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way too active channel and at ff and friends pod for more information on the podcast i hope you have a wonderful day and i can't wait to give you the next episode